It's a great episode called Where's Douge? And we basically <laughs> see... <laughs> I tried to blow past the title, but I couldn't. Hold <laughs> on oh, a second. Did you just say the title of the episode? Was Where's Douge? Where's Douge? <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 86, 10, 23.1. Welcome aboard Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave for the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she kidnapped herself and blamed on her Orion dogs. It's Ambassador Danae. I didn't know the movie Gone Girl Gone was based on a real life story of somebody kidnapping themselves. Wait, 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 wait. You just merged two movies. Gone Girl, Gone Baby? Baby yeah. Gone Girl. Hold on. Yeah. Baby's gone. Baby, baby, baby. Mm-hmm. It's the one where she kidnaps herself and has her like ex-boyfriend hold her captive. I, I don't that know movie. which one it is. There's Gone Girl and then there's Gone Baby Gone. I've seen both. I could not tell you which one is which. <laughs> okay, well, I'm specifying it's the kidnapping one. The kidnapping one. Yeah, with Ben yeah. Affleck and... She staged everything and yeah, he he yeah. goes loopy over it. Yeah, I think that's Gone Girl. And why wouldn't he go loopy because over it? Gone Baby Gone is the one where the kid goes missing and it turns out, spoilers, the <laughs> is the one that's kidnapped the child to give <laughs> so yeah, you're th- It's Gone Girl. Gone Girl. That's the one. Well, all I'm saying is that I didn't know that was based on a real life like situation. Yeah. Until I started walking, watching like a whole bunch of true crime shows, mm-hmm. and then it was one of the true crime stories that was covered was yeah. the interviews that this woman had with the police when she was caught red-handed. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Insane. And that's the start of our new um, real true crime podcast. We've decided oh to abandon God. Star Trek. Um, and we're just going to shift pivot heavily into true crime. Uh, I hope you're yes. all aboard for the ride. And um, before we do our first episode, let's do some emails. Email. Nope. Email. Emails. Hailing frequencies open, everyone. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and well, email and YouTube. We have a question from JCD. This is a strange new worlds email. Um, he has a question. Um, he's curious to see if um, we all share this opinion. But he felt while watching Strange New Worlds that the show was actually afraid to carry over too many storylines from season to season. So other than the Gorn carrying over, everything else was wrapped up. Like in Benga's daughter, um, like in this season, Lan's um, stuff with Kirk was kind of resolved. So whereas we were concerned that they were going to carry too much, have they actually been resolving things too quickly? So JCD's opinion is that they resolved things too quickly. Mm -hmm. And if stuff had a bit more time to breathe and maybe came up a couple of seasons later, rather than all being resolved in the same season, because we had like a lot of Laan stuff packed in, really, really concentrated and then move on. Same with Mbenga and like the Klingon violent stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, the only thing I remember that they brought over was number one's sort of story, Mm -hmm. because she had to be retrieved is the right word. Yeah. I mean, but that was resolved very quickly. That was, like, within one episode. Like, move on. Was that the second episode? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Another thing that they kind of brought over would be Pike's love interest mm-hmm. in, yeah. from season one into season two. Captain Batal. They brought over some more of Spock's love interest a bit as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that everything was resolved in season one. And I don't think, like, if we watch season three, I don't think that, I think they'll probably could, would bring up things again and then we would realize they didn't really resolve everything in season two. Like, maybe we could assume that they are. Mm-hmm. Still time to revisit stuff. I, I really feel like season two suffered from too much. So I agree with that. Like, there's just, mm-hmm. it, it didn't, it seemed like they were really going into the interpersonal drama more than they were the adventure an angle where we're going planet to planet that was more of a interpersonal drama series mm. in season two and so the plots that they were kind of creating to me i wasn't as interested in because i'm not interested in a relationship drama, drama yeah yeah especially when it's just so much of it i don't yeah i don't think season one suffered from it at all but i think season two did suffer from getting through some arcs super duper quickly like inside of an episode like setting something up in episode two and then immediately resolving it later on. Like, Lan springs to mind with the time travel episode and then the Kirk stuff later. Um, so, yeah, I get what you're saying, JCD. Um, I think time will tell as well. Like, maybe when we get to season three, four, and five, all being well, this some of this stuff will come back and the setup in season two will inform some really cool stuff that happens later on. It's so... It's hard to compare it to TNG when TNG we know is finished and has kind of did what it wanted to do with that stuff. And it had a lot of time to do it because it had way more episodes. Uh-huh, yeah, 25 episode seasons. I kind of miss it. Um, thanks for the questions, guys. Hope we managed to answer that satisfactorily. Um, if you want to ask us anything, head over to the usual places at uh, Twitter, at Captain's Pod CS on Blue Sky. We're at Captain's Pod, no CS. And yeah, Captain's Pod at cinemasins.com. To the show! <laughs> Okay, Ambassador, this week, the episode title, uh, I actually need to read this, Empathological Fallacies. (laughs) Big prediction, specific prediction, what's going on this week? Empath? Empathological Fallacies. Well, Betazoid comes to mind. Okay, okay, nice, flexing your knowledge. we're going to have some Troy flexing this time. Ooh, okay, sudden Troy. (laughs) um i forget so tng was in the past because these are all the fanboys of 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 the peoples so is it possible that Riker and troy's daughter is going to show up as an animated character in this series not yet so what do you mean not yet this she isn't born yet could not born yet so oh that's um, in picard i guess that's in picard and that's 2399 this is roughly 2382, which is about 10 years. TNG started in 2374. Sorry, 2364 and ended in 2371. And then the last TNG movie is 2380. So this is like 10 years after TNG finishes. So yeah, Riker is currently out on the Titan with Deanna doing stuff in Starfleet. So yeah, they they're married, but they haven't um, they haven't got any kids yet. Someone's gonna pick their nose this episode. <laughs> I was really trying to think about my specific thing and like how I could make it about uh, like a fallacy or something. But okay. really, I just think we're gonna see someone just dig in there. 
just dig in. Just get all the way up in there and pick some stuff out. Um, well, my prediction is a visit to the Beta Z home planet because you've inspired me oh, with Empath Lodge. Okay, 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 okay. It's one of these places that we haven't actually... I think we've only been there once in the history of Star Trek, like on TV, and that's with Menage Troy. And that's yeah, when they were like on a little picnic or yeah, something. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, the only time yeah, yeah. I can remember them being there. And Lower Decks well, loves going to these planets. So it makes sense then because, see, there was like a lot of flora and fauna that I remember. And yes. so, absolutely, we've got some like sinus issues, <laughs> allergies sneezing, allergies, yeah. picking the nose. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I will predict in that case that somebody will eat a flower that they shouldn't. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. I like it. Well, with that, let's head over to 10 Forward, watch the episode, and we'll catch... Damn it. Let's head over to the holodeck, watch the episode, and we'll see you in 10 Forward. Two to beam out. I don't want to beam. Let's just take the lift. I want to do the... Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab something from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. What is your beverage of choice, Ambassador? Regurgitated... Anything really, just a regurgitated. Oh God, you're gross. Ball of something. I mean, you're I, grim. As I, I have to that. know, it needs to taste like it came from my mother. <laughs> I'm gonna ring. I have your mother's <laughs> number. I'm gonna ring her right now. Get her to pre-chew you your pre-chew your dinner for you. No, no, no. I want it replicated. I don't actually want it from oh. my mother. Oh, okay. I want it's the an replicator's version of what regurgitated mother's goopy soup. Okay, so we need yeah. to go back in time, talk to baby Danae, get her to explain what it tastes like to a replicator. Wouldn't it just be milk? Yeah. Well, no, because you've got to have like the regurgitation. Like milk isn't regurgitated unless your mum is drinking the milk and then bringing it back up. But if you go back and talk to baby Danae, baby Danae is just going to be like milk. Yeah, but okay, baby Danae isn't going to help us. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, nope, she sure won't. Nope. Okay, well, I don't mind what I have as long as it's green and fluorescent and comes in a yard tube, apparently. Ambassador, give us a synopsis. Oh, and today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's going to be helping us. Uh, yeah, this is a party episode. If you want to see the crew get drunk and make making a, out, making out some hot and heavy halfway dressed people, uh, pyramids and telekinesis. Nope. Close, close. No, teleportation, nope. Nope. <laughs> One of the Tele T's. Tele-talking to each other. <laughs> yep, yep. This is mm -hmm. the episode for Sequester. you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever wondered what happens when a Betazoid ages and starts to imprint their emotions on you? H have you ever wanted to know what happens if a very emotional, but also not emotional at all, Vulcan does that too? And how it impacts you? This is the episode that you're going to want to tune in for. Meanwhile, we have nope. special private rooms where the aggressive security team talks poetry and tarot. But don't, but don't get too discouraged about whether this episode will be interesting because there's almost a space battle, and we all and we also know what the bad ship looks like. This is my, this is not my best effort. I'm I'm really struggling to know what this episode. Was. I think I, I think got, got it got all. It. Yeah, I don't think I missed anything major. Are your emotions being affected by Talin? Is that why you can't get through it? Maybe. Is that why I hated this episode? Oh, how did you feel about this episode? I didn't hate it. <laughs> just, I was just fucking with you. <laughs> um, I want to know what you think of this episode. Uh, I liked it. I like the second half much, much better than the first half. 
Um, the first half was losing me a bit with some stereotypes and some tropes that I didn't quite enjoy. But the second the cause of the emotional stuff shifted and the beta Zs shifted into phases, I was back in. Um, so I think it's kind of almost brave that the episode holds its nerve on the cliche because it knows that it has a payoff that isn't cliche later on. But mm-hmm. it was this close to losing me. But overall, I had a fine time. Like, it's the lower end of the season yeah. for me. I hate that we seem to inevitably have a mid-season slump where whatever show we're watching. Like, <laughs> it's 10 episodes, guys. The reason you're doing 6 to 10 episodes is to make it more complex. How do we still have a slump? But it's a small slump. I've still had a good time. Yeah, I mean... I'm oddly disappointed that the cat doctor didn't kill anyone in this episode. <laughs> She's a highlight, as always. Um, because it's it's rare that she takes center stage. She's usually the comedic, like, sort of inappropriate saying. Uh-huh. And then, uh, or like a, a one-liner that makes you scratch your head and go, did that, did that, did that person just say what I think that they just said? But mm-hmm. but they set up that she was going to kill them, and then she doesn't. And it was just scratching at the door. And I... And maybe I should have saved that for my sins. But this uh, this episode did things that I didn't expect it to do and that I did expect it to do. Um, and the mystery that's being solved is is one that I think it was I think it was fun to bring in the Betazoid crew. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't expecting them to be like thirsty, you know? <laughs> so that was and one like, of my like kind of I issues was that almost based exclusively on Roxana because Diana's mother is fucking horny like most yeah, of the episodes like, and this is a product of the 80s and the early 90s for sure mainly the 80s whenever she was on board she was trying to seduce Picard find a husband had a new boyfriend was getting married was lecturing Diana about not being married yet she was very much an 80s mother-in-law stereotype and that's where Lodex was kind of losing me by making these three like carbon copies of Loxana. Like every woman of a certain age does this extra horny stuff. Um, there's an yeah, extra it's like, element. Oh, suddenly my uterus isn't working, so I can fuck freely without the fear of having a child. <laughs> there is that. There and is there's that. There's the hormone rush, and so it's just you know horny when you're 40 or whatever (laughs) (laughs) yep as long as it rhymes that's what counts but i was i i was noticing it too like i i guess they're all just like thirsty people but then like the twist you know so there is the twist but there's also some canon behind it as well because betazoid women go through part of the and i can kind of tell a man wrote this part of their menopause is that they get super horny um and Deanna prematurely goes through this in an episode and like basically fucks everyone on the ship because she starts prematurely aging. Um, so yeah, they're like, I think the line is their libido. Riker says that Deanna had warned him that their libido doubles and then she corrects him and says quadruples sometimes. And he's like got this expression on his face of fuck yeah. And it's it's kind of woven into the Betazoid canon a little bit. But I am glad that they it ended up that they were... It was part of their cover story as well. It wasn't just a, oh, Betazoid women are horny. 
Yeah. Yeah. It kind of shifted everything around. You didn't really know who the enemy is or why mm. there's an enemy. And then it just wraps up really quickly and everything is fine. And we didn't go into the neutral zone. And and we did, you know, so so it had some it had some fun to it. It had some interesting beats to it. I liked this episode. I, I don't know that nice. I would call it the lull. It was a, it was like a nice it was a nicely paced episode. I didn't really feel like it was boring at any point. No, I didn't think it was boring. Just it felt a bit tropey. Talyn is hard. It's hard whenever you're putting a character like Talyn in the lead because she's so robotic, right? And mm. uh, and this one's asking us to understand that she's also like not controlling her emotions in such a way that they're essentially invisibly leaking out of her. And her AOE is yes. an entire ship. It's amazing. And this calls into question and this this brings to mind the power of the Vulcan. And if this is true, that a Vulcan is basically, and for those of you who don't play video games or, or whatever, AOE is area of effect. So like in a video game, like you could put down like an AOE spell and anything around you in a certain radius is, is impacted. And like sometimes those AOEs move with you and sometimes they stay in one spot. Like, you know, you have an AOE if the ground is on fire or maybe you have a like fire shield and it goes around with you. So there's two different kinds. And I'm just watching this Talyn character going, she has like the most powerful AOE effect. It's the entire ship. And as soon as she's calm or has worked through her desire to ET phone home, everyone comes to their senses pretty quickly, like all over the ship. Is this actually a Vulcan power or is this episode fucking with us a bit and kind of like making fun like is this can, can vulcans do this for real um i mean there's two answers there one yes because it happened in this episode but also he's referring back to a previous episode of tng so spock's dad um comes onto the enterprise and is suffering from basically the uh, this bendai syndrome which is the Vulcan version of like Alzheimer's or dementia. But a side effect is that he leaks emotions and it makes Wesley and Geordie get into like a fist fight. Um, all kinds okay, of like shit happens that. around the shop. So it's around the ship, around the, around the ship. Uh, it's a really great episode and it, it, the way it ends is intense. Like it's one of, Picard's best episodes as well. It's really, really good. Okay, well, first of all, I want to. I need to. I need to see Jordy and Wesley get into fist fight. So oh, we need like, to watch this. If it was lower decks, they would be swearing at each other. I thought we would see the first f bomb in this episode because Jordy fucking loses it with Wesley. It's so good, and they're arguing over the nerdiest fucking shit as you'd expect. It's like the temperature in a ambassador's room. I'm really. I'm genuinely. So yes, this is canon. I love sci-fi. I love the idea of like entire races that have these abilities. And then yeah. you kind of forget when you're watching Star Trek because it's like this episodic kind of fun moment that they're still, it's still a sci-fi show about a world where these different people, like these different characters exist. Like, and we're so firmly planted in Starfleet in our little human brain bubble. I don't give a shit about anything anymore. I just want to go to the Vulcan world. Like, I just need... <laughs> Everyone I, is more interesting than the humans. I need to... I need to see more about how this race has not taken over 
the galaxy with their powers? Like, okay, so right? are they trying to control their emotions because if they don't, they are too OP? So it's like for the betterment of all of the galaxy that they are in control? Well, initially, it was for the betterment of their own people because they were like fucking Klingons. And there's another episode um, in like season six or season seven of TNG where they're hunting for this weapon and it's basically a like mind melting weapon that the Vulcans developed that would channel all of their mental power and immediately murder someone on the spot with this weapon. And they destroyed the weapon, separated it because it was too dangerous. The Vulcans were in danger of like destroying themselves more themselves than humans or were. everyone. Yeah. Well, before they were interacting with the galaxy, they were destroying each other. So the only way that they managed to evolve and develop was by bringing their powers in check, bringing their emotions down. So I think it's a byproduct of them surviving themselves that they haven't taken over the galaxy. Holy because they shit. are fucking powerful. And they have super strength, which is something we don't see a lot of nowadays, like in modern Vulcans. But Mr. And Spock is fucking strong. They can knock you out. They can go into your mind and do mind melts. Like this is the superior like alien race, right? Like they are- They look down on us for a good reason. And the only <laughs> reason that everyone is like, alive is just because they decided that it's better if they're just chill we live by their permission for sure we're very lucky but i think part of it is that they would have destroyed themselves before they had a chance to destroy the rest of the galaxy because they wouldn't have been able to cohese together because they're just too emotional because they're too powerful and yeah those so they're emotions just like destroying each other they were just killing each other yeah they were so, like so, worse so than Klingons. if we go back in time and we just watch that conversation Everyone's just in this incredibly emotional state. Somehow, mind melding with each other. There's just fucking chaos. <laughs> yeah. And somehow they end up having a chat with each other like, hey, if we want to survive, we got to calm down. Right. Which is honestly, I, I've had a couple of chats with my six year old and I kind of feel like that, you know, like that happens. Sometimes we're both just like, I need to be in control. And it's like, we got to calm down because we're not going to get anywhere. So they have this like, they have this moment. And then somehow convince everyone else that the best thing to do is just to, like, become a pacifist. It's gradual. It was very gradual. So mainly it comes from a Vulcan called uh, Sur Surak. I can't remember his name exactly. I think it's it. Surak. That's the name that I totally remembered on my own. Thank you, um, chat. And he, he gradually said, like, there's a better way of doing this. And he's kind of like the father of logic and whatnot. And yeah, eventually, I mean, there was a chance that it didn't work and they just ended up killing each other, but it did work. And they just gradually agreed that it's better to work together and calm like, the fuck just, down. This just blows my mind. Okay, so we're watching this episode of this silly show, but then I'm, I'm just obsessed with this person who, it's kind of hard to watch her because she's just, like I said, like robotic and stuff. And she's like, well, I guess I almost destroyed the entire universe by just existing. <laughs> you know, like, wow, yeah. I really am a bad Vulcan because I didn't control myself. And so... Everyone almost died. And it's hard to take it seriously, but stepping okay. outside of the episode and chatting about it, I am, I don't know. I continue to real. I think I'm a, I just love Vulcans. They're so great, aren't they're they? So they're so good. Great. And I need there to know more about them. There is a reason that we've spent so much time with them um, and still not enough time um, through Star Trek. Well, yeah, thanks for so going awesome. on that little deep dive with me. Oh, because more than happy to. It's it's fun. It's fun when you know the history of it. Like there's the other character in this episode well, on the show who is the one who speaks in um uh 
something his eye his arms wide what's what's the guy's name oh um, Kayshawn. yeah yeah um i can't th- oh damn it what's the darmok that episode but i can't yeah. remember the yeah oh the children of yeah. someone's going to tell me the name their species uh-huh. is called the children of tum tomorrowland something like that but yes him he speaks in metaphors metaphors yes i couldn't think of the word metaphor i it's interesting to watch this kind of a character who i think would fail on a live action show because he'd have like not as much to like give but then in the the charades game it was so funny because he'd be great at charades his eyes open it's so it's so fun it's so it's so clever and we get to see these different species or the cat doctor that I think would also fail miserably on a live action uh-huh. show because of all the prosthetics. I think at this day and age, I'd be distracted by maybe oh, I'm wrong I about that. I so do much. love prosthetics. They're so, so fun. I, I love that she, show. Like, she takes the drink, downs it and it's like, fuck, like, that was way stronger than she expected it to be. Yeah. Or when she's getting really angry and she's not paying attention and she burns the person and then immediately heals him, right? He's like, oops, <laughs> yeah, sorry. You know, like, whoopsies. Yeah. So there's these characters that I love we get to see. And then, but then we could see an episode like to Lynn doing what she's doing in a live action. But the wildness of it, I don't think would work as well because it kind of reminds me of when you'll t- when you'll say, oh, you know, this is one of the first episodes of this series and they kind of don't know their characters very well and they're all asked to be drunk. And in fact, we watched one where it's like, you've got the angry drunk and you've got the happy drunk and you've got uh-huh. the sad drunk and you've got the like sexed out drunk and there's all these different like drunk people represented and it's sort of, you watch it and you kind of feel like the, I feel sometimes like the actors are holding back because it's just a strange environment with which to emote in this yeah. sort of sci-fi way. But then here in animation, you can just do the most insane shit and it's totally fine. Like you got people that are almost having sex on the table in this episode. They're all naked, they're making <laughs> out. I mean, TNG went as far as it could, but you're right. Animation gives you way more freedom. Like Dr. Migglymoo just fucking up that replicator so much. It's so can good. Ransom just that? in tears. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Migglymoo How- needs therapy. How fucking weird is it that before the show started, we were talking about raging on yeah, huh? on things, and then it happens in this episode yep. where they're just raging on the replicator, just like raging. Office, office yeah. Space. Is that the name of that movie? Uh, From like that the is 90s? a movie. Yeah, I haven't seen where it. Where they like, like, the big scene is, I think, when they take the printer out back and they beat the shit out of it or whatever. Mm. Anyways, it had that vibe to it. Um, well, we're back, uh, rolling back to, to Lynn. What I loved the most about Talyn in this episode was the what she's dealing with at the very end with Mariner. So I think it was really clever because we, we've had this Vulcan isn't human enough and is misunderstood by human storyline so much. Spock has it. There's a Vulcan engineer in Voyager that has it. Um, it happens a lot where all of the humans are trying to put the Vulcans into a human bucket. But this is a Vulcan that's worried about not being Vulcan enough. So right. She and is... rightfully so, apparently, because she almost killed everyone. Well, exactly. Um, so it is, putting tisk, a fresh, it is putting a fresh spin on that Vulcan problem by having a Vulcan that is full Vulcan and still not worried and a human helping them get How? How do you send a Talin who doesn't know how to control themselves onto a ship knowing that this could happen? Like... So, there has to be protocol that was skipped. Like, like, you don't release somebody out into the world without having that in check, right? Like, so this a is little bit of, this is crazy. 
It is. I'm sorry, I'm theory. really stuck on it. I'm really fucking but stuck they, on this. But they don't know that she has this condition or whatever she this condition know. is. Like, the people, How? the Vulcans who released her off of the ship for being the wild, like, oh, so a little bit of context. We we haven't seen this episode, but it's a great episode called Wedge Douche. And we basically see, <laughs> sorry, I tried to blow past the title, but I couldn't. Did you just say, hold on a second, did you just say the title of the episode was Wedge Douche? Wedge Douche. What? What are you saying? I'm saying wedge douche. W J D D U J, I think. It's it's Klingon for three ships. That doesn't make it any better. Wedge douche. douche? Yeah, that's it. Wedge douche? Yeah, wedge wedge douche. God, why am I saying douche so much? Douche. Oh um, my god. Okay, go on. So it's an excellent episode and it shows the lower decks of other ships. So like Klingons and Vulcans and an R crew, and they all kind of come together in this one mission. But it's three different stories all playing at the same time. And Talin is part of the lower decks on a Vulcan ship. And her version of an outburst is that she has a plan that is different from the captain's and insists, like, locks eyes with the captain and says, Trust me, my plan will work. And the captain says, okay, let's try the new shield frequency. And it works, and it saves the day. But for a Vulcan, she was challenging authority too much and got kicked off the ship and sent to Starfleet. That's the origin of that. So it's just Vulcans being dicks. Like, being that assertive to this captain specifically was a sign of disrespect and a sign that she was a wild child. Okay, so... I might have a misunderstanding of how Vulcans feel about humans. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vulcans hate humans. Okay, passionately. so th- that's just like... that's no, just okay, not passionately. But generally, they see humans as a bit full of shit and like trying to spread themselves across the galaxy. But 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 they're willing to send a weapon on to, to Starfleet without like any kind of like a little heads up. Well, they don't know she's a weapon. This is much more about getting Vulcans her are, out the way. They, they are weapons. Oh, they uh, to, are weapons. Yeah, but they, they, you they never they have they a Vulcan are. serving in but Starfleet. But you would if she was trained to control herself. Okay, you well, you'd saying? never have a young Vulcan in... Like, but they're not... Huh, I see what you mean, but then you've got to start policing everyone's powers. Like, you'd have to police a Klingon super strength. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you can't! That's not what Starfleet is about. You accept people. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. What, what this, this episode is saying... That Talyn has a has a, a ability, yeah, that can leak out of her, yeah, and take down an entire starship. Well, not the whole and ship. She, okay, some parts of it are fine. <laughs> okay, so she has this AOE effect that just manages to affect the most important parts of the ship on this episode, except mm-hmm. for the yeah, people yeah. that can save the day later. Hello, I see game, you read whatever. The script. Yeah. Okay, and she isn't even aware of it herself because she's not trained enough to know when she's leaking. Correct. Yes. And Starfleet's like, we know this is a thing, but we're gonna let you onto our we're gonna let you onto our ship. Risk without, is part of the game. Without knowing when you're gonna leak. Yeah. Uh, why? Why would you risk that? But because it's all part of Starfleet. It's part about part of having these different people, and there are risks. I wouldn't want a human on my ship. Right, we're stupid. You're right. No, 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 you're right. We make dumb decisions. We are so dumb you know. and emotional. <laughs> and we believe in tarot cards. I wouldn't want them on my ship. Okay, okay. No, you're right. You're right. But but I'm still shocked 
that it's not like part of the 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 onboarding of someone like you sit down with them and you're like let's talk about your pro the pros and cons of you being on this ship one of the big cons is if you leak everyone's gonna get fucked up it, but she, the fact that she's unaware of it it's just confusing to me it's so rare though it's so this is a very this is rare for sarek like oh. super duper rare so this isn't an everybody thing no 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 i think oh. everyone oh. has the capacity but the disease okay. itself is very, very rare. Oh, she has a disease? This is Bendai an ability? Syndrome. Yeah, no, no, this is a disease. Like, they call out the disease, yeah. But I think every Vulcan has the capacity for it. So she's sick. Well, they don't confirm that either. Because you can't just blink away Bendai Syndrome. Like, it's terminal. She's going to die? Well, I, they didn't confirm it's what she had. They just said the symptoms are the same. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. So, so she should be fucking freaked out panic because she's got this thing she, she should be more panicked if they confirmed that diagnosis well no because she's a vulcan so she shouldn't panic she should just like say okay i guess this is my life now okay okay so she's now calmly accepting that she's gonna die from this thing assuming she has it yeah and it isn't some parallel thing how would she not have it if this is the thing that it does? Does yeah, that mean that there disease. are Vulcans that can do this without having a disease? I think every Vulcan has the capacity to do it. Like, it's in there. Like, this disease doesn't happen to humans. This is a Vulcan disease. Right, 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 right. Interesting. I'm sorry. Sorry, listeners. I am really into this right now. <laughs> I love it. This is amazing. This is great. It's fun. It's fun to think about. And it's so strange that it's like really exploded out of me from this episode. But it's yeah. just the it's the main point of this episode is that and she even and she even can impact betazoids. How can they do the betazoids not know how to like read her mind? Can they not read Vulcan's minds? They can, but Vulcans oh, okay. have like more defenses, so it varies. So like Ferengi's, for example, okay. they can't read Ferengi at all um, because Ferengi minds are weird, which is why they're so good at being sneaky. But Vulcans, it's kind of hit and miss. Okay. But also the beta are being affected by it. So they're being extra, extra, um, because they're getting leaked upon too. Like everything about the episode shifts when you think about this. And she was triggered because she couldn't send an email, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I really like it. That's why I, I where it goes and the route it takes was really interesting to me. Yeah, I'm glad they Have you ever done that before? That. Have you ever like not been able to send something so you just keep clicking send over and over well, and over again? It was, uh, it was, I'm going to mention it now because it was one of my sins that isn't a sin. I was like, how logical is it to keep trying? And then she fucking says it. She's like, it would be illogical to keep trying to send this message. I was like, yeah, well, you're illogical because I keep trying to press send. But you don't, you can't connect to a website because the internet's out. And you keep clicking refresh. I was like, refresh, 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 refresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or back in the day when you'd have to call someone and, and you didn't, you couldn't get through. So you just call over keep and trying. over and over again yeah. until. As the, if yeah. something's going to change. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love that discussion. That was fun. Um, last thing I wanted to mention about Talyn is that the actor that plays Talyn, Gabriel Ruiz, Ruiz? I don't know if I pronounced her last name right, but she's a bit of a Trekkie. And when she read that the episode was opening with Talyn doing a officer's log, she said she cried because it was a big moment to get to do the science officer's log or lieutenant junior grade you're log. setting the tone and, of the show yeah, yeah. exactly you're opening it with a star trek log um i i just love that star trek is at a point now where actors are like holding it up as this holy grail of i got to do that like i got transported i got to fire a torpedo i got to hold a phaser i got to do or if you're boimler log. you got sucked on by an alien creature yep 
Yep, exactly. Um, Still so good. It's just gumming you. Yeah, love did that. You, did you like the whole um, angle that the protectors of the ship, the security team, is is also making sure your mental health is okay? I loved that. It's such I did a, too. I love how Lower Decks is, as always, filling in gaps and challenging stereotypes. As much as it like uses the stereotypes, it also builds on them so security poor wharf in tng i don't know why he's in a single briefing because his entire thing is let's fire at it and picard's like that's ridiculous shut up like he never no one ever listens to his ideas so i love that this episode is like the yellow shirts aren't just about blowing stuff up security means more than one thing so you may not get to see it talking to us the viewer but here's what we're doing behind the scenes as well. That was so freaking clever. I think I liked this episode more than I thought. <laughs> I really, yeah, I enjoyed this one. Um, when the when the doors opened up uh, to the slam poetry, did you instantly know that they were all security officers? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's because you recognize colors and their importance. Yes. <laughs> I was I did not notice that it was security oh, until like four scenes later. I was like, oh, this is oh, the security this is team. <laughs> this is what they're playing on. Yeah. I had no idea. Although it was just like a secret like Well it is a bit confusing club. because Shax does have the bear club, the bear pack, which is his like group of like people that is just like this kind of club on the ship, but they are all security officers, I think. I think the bear pack is security officers. Um I, the one criticism I have is that, um, and I'll mention it more in Sins, but considering this is a security episode up front with the Betazoid intelligence people and the security blockout, it is weird to sideline Shaxx for that. I like what they do with him, but this was a good opportunity for him to be in the A plot and do this B... I don't think this B plot belongs in this episode because they could have used him to drive the a plot as well but interesting it's, it's tricky i i i enjoyed it i enjoyed that he could here's what i enjoyed about it i kind of expected it to be more hijinks or shenanigansy, like they were going to pull a prank on boimler or something but we're actually seeing a crew that really wants to support boimler growing as a officer um and i think that's really important because it's been evident from the first time i watched this that boimler would be really really good at being in like some kind of control um because he knows so much and he's so experienced but his uh own inexperience is going to get in his way as far as leadership is concerned and so this this season we're seeing the leadership take our little babies under their wing and and grow them and in this episode i think it's easy to kind of assume or at least it was easy for me to assume based on all of the different types of shows that i've watched over the years that you kind of have a nerdy character and then there's always like a jab at them or an undermining that's done or a like a little joke or a prank at the end to keep the little guys down but in this episode it ends with uh you know the main security guy shacks the yeah it, it ends with him kind of being like yeah let's go do it and let's kind of supporting him yeah yeah and i really enjoy that kind of heart that's the kind of heartfelt stuff that sometimes will surprise me mm -hmm. especially in, in a show like this one where you're expecting it to be silly all the time but it does hit some deeper I love beats it. i love it i think it's it's really smart to not be overly pessimistic and like narcissistic about the world as well like 
these people are there to help and to train. And it's not just like the joke could just be Boimler has to study for everything and has to hit the books and keeps getting it wrong. Like he's always on a learning curve with them. I, yeah. Like I, this show is fucking crazy, stupid, ridiculous at times. Yeah. You know, like there's the, the beats where you've got the security team that's fighting and, and her mind can't be read because she's a slam poetrist. Click, click, snap your fingers. Mm-hmm. That would never actually <laughs> happen in a real starship. Oh, that uh, easy uh, to but, avoid a beta zoid. But it's, it's, that's the fun stuff that a show like this can do. And then the deeper stuff, you're just kind of not, expecting all the time but i really yeah. enjoyed it yeah love it i love it um we had a shout out to angel one which is the planet that the betazoid ladies have been picked up from and yeah, i think I, we've I, seen this episode together i don't think we've done a podcast on it though and this is the one where it's the planet that's um it has a matriarchy and Riker goes down to the planet and has the big V pajama thing when he has the meeting with the, the head matriarch. Is that the one where there's a little thing that d- disintegrates you in the corner? Yes, that's the one. Yes. And they're going to kill all of the, um, the yeah, crew of the shuttle that was like crashed on that planet and they were just going to murder them all and all of the women that wanted to be with them yeah because the the ladies had gone against their society or something yeah the ladies wanted to be with the shuttle with the guys pilots, with the yeah smugglers. and the guy they're like yeah. yeah we want this too uh-huh and then yeah basically just kidnap them all and leave <laughs> there's got to be an etsy store out there that sells those Riker pajamas <laughs> Oh, I hundred percent. I would absolutely wear the heck out of them if I had a heavier. Wasn't it kind of like a pink color as well? Yeah, it was like mermaid, like a basically, little, like, like mermaid scales. Like oh yeah, 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 purpley. yeah. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. And like Tasha and Deanna are just cracking up, and Riker's like not amused. Just like I'm wearing it. Grow up. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing it, and I'm also in her bed. Yeah, so. I'm getting laid because of this V-neck. It's amazing. Just just calm down, everybody. I'm doing my thing. Um, I noticed that Aaron Dyson made an appearance in this episode. I'm sorry? Yeah, so um, when Boimler is chastising himself for getting a name wrong, he's like, you idiot, I can't believe you got that wrong. Rutherford comes along and says, hey, that's my friend you're talking about. Because Boimler calls himself an idiot. And Dyson has done that to me. I, I had done that chills, to me too. Right? And I'm like, you just used Dice's voice, Rutherford. Like, what happened? Yeah, you're right. It's funny because when he said that, I was like, oh, and that's because Aaron's done that to me too. Like, if I'm down on myself, he's like, hey, that's my friend you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> Dicer's the best. Dicer is Rutherford. He absolutely is. Um, I had the we had an Enterprise reference, the Malcolm Reed puzzle. Um, so there was the box that had the the tarot card pack in it and then mm-hmm. the puzzle and it had the enterprise on it and the security chief from the enterprise the nx01 um so another little security chief homage that Shax has well you know, know everybody who works um in star trek listens to our show so i'm sure they're gonna send you one puzzle someone on twitter or discord i can't remember did say that they zoomed in on the puzzle and they said that all of the puzzle pieces were the same shape so the puzzle would be really hard and I disagree. I think the puzzles being all the same shape makes it very easy because they'll all fit together no matter what. But then they'll be wrong. <laughs> well, I no, just get the colors vaguely right. They're still different colors. Then the, the bits that are all the same color won't matter because they all look the same. 
Amazing. Um, anything else from the episode you wanted to mm. riff on that wasn't Vulcan-based? Man, I think we hit it all. Oh, the Betazoid Intelligent Agency. Like, that's the first time we've seen... The BIA. The BIA. Uh-huh. Yeah, how'd you feel about that? Um, yeah, I'd like more of it. Like, it seems to be that every single planet has one of these things. And this is the first time we've seen the Betazoid one. I love that this is like an all-woman, badass, strike force team that's on a mission. And it was a clever way to tie it back into the overarching mystery ship plot as well. Yep. And who doesn't like a moment when a woman's lipstick becomes a baton? Electric baton. Electric baton and their clothing can be ripped off to reveal their Slightly less clothing. (laughs) Their their Mm whip-ass leotard attire. Yeah. Who doesn't want that? I do. Who doesn't want to see... A woman running up a wall, flipping upside down, wrapping her legs around someone's head and, and just murdering people. Oh, yeah. I'm here Somebody for in the chat just said the Betazoid Golden Girls, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. It, was, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was great. And for a moment, you think they're the enemy, and then you realize that they're not the enemy. And so you're kind of wrestling with this whole, like, what is this show saying these people are? Yeah, and that's where it gets Knowing confusing. that by the end, you want it to make sense to your greater lore. And it did that. So I liked them a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, should we head over to engineering? Um, no, no. I have one more thing we have to talk about. And that's yeah. how you felt about them almost entering the neutral zone. Oh, I... <laughs> I have a sin about it, but... Oh, do you? I'm here for it. Like, any time I get to see a Romulan warbird on screen, I'm happy. I thought the gag was hilarious. Just like the Romulans are always lurking. And <laughs> it's like, of course they didn't come into the neutral zone. But they're so disappointed because they... I don't even think they want the conflict. They just want the witty back and forth and to be threatening. And just like, well, set a course for sector over there. We're going to lurk in that sector. Just the Romulans are always lurking somewhere. I kind of love, love the idea that things like this become episodes later. There's going to be an episode of Lower Decks season 15 where it's called Sector 87. And it's going to be about lurking Romulans. I love it. It's just the idea They've that They've just been sitting there for so fucking long. Uh-huh. There's <laughs> always waiting. a Romulan around the corner. Because there always is. Whenever this happens in TNG, there just so happens to be a Romulan decloaking. And it's like, well, why were you here, <laughs> motherfucker? Because you're mad at us for being here. What are you doing? We're lurking. It was so funny. Whenever they like turn away and then it decloaks. <laughs> And then the, the whole Aww. the whole ship goes Aww. like they were so excited. For- <laughs> I like really love so that so much, and they never mm-hmm. get to see anyone. I it's fucking so loved great. it. However, I loved it so big much. big sin about it. Um, no, I guess yeah. that's a good transition. Well, overall, I like now that I've talked about it. I like the episode a lot more. I think it set me off on the wrong foot, but I like the episode a lot more now that we've talked about I like it. This episode, it yeah, it might just be that we've talked about Vulcan history for a long time, and I'm very very happy. You know, that could be... It's fun to talk about it with a little bit more context, too. I still don't know where I land on having a Talyn on board without some protocol in place. Like, if you... Well, I think if, we if, need to watch Sarek. If you think that there's a chance that somebody on your ship could accidentally leak this stuff, like, mm-hmm. certainly there's a way to test it where they're just always monitored, like, just in case, you know? But I think there's so many just-in-cases. We're thinking about this one because it happened. 
but there are a million just in cases that could happen that you you can't monitor all of them it's counterproductive you're better off just dealing with it as it this is the future this the, this is the future when you have medical devices that can and figure that shit out like we can't even not make another tuvix they, they are not prepared <laughs> is that the doctor the holo doctor uh, no that the 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 tuvix thing where they merge together Oh, the first Lord episode God. of the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof, thing. Yeah. Oh man, that was a, that was a scary episode. Yeah, that was that was a lot. Um, okay, before we move into the sins, let's do our predictions. Then, hey, your big prediction was that Betazoids would appear. Correct. I was Correct. super right. Super nice. fast. Right uh-huh. off the bat. Here we go. Triple, triple, triple. Right. Boom, choo, boom, choo, boom. Choo. Multiple points. Let's wait. No, one point. And. Troy shenanigans would also happen. No Troy. No Troy. No Deanna Troy. No so, Troy. Sadly. Yeah. And yeah. your only specific prediction was somebody would pick their nose. Listen, I'm going to say that because nope. this episode was chaos. Nope. It happened in nope. the background. And I just didn't see it because I was distracted by the lovely people that were making out. Making out. Yeah. No, sorry. No, no points for that one. My Come one on. was that. Nope. We would. Yeah. Nope. Somebody no. picked their nose. They had to have. Well, I, I'm sure somebody on the ship is always picking their nose at some point. Exactly, which no. is why I should totally get another on point. Screen. Uh, uh, my on one was that, screen. Was that we would visit the planet Betazoid, Beta Z, um, because Lower Decks loves to visit planets that are mentioned in Star Trek, and it did not, so it did not happen. And related to yours, mine was somebody would pick a flower and eat it, and they would get allergies and stuff. And when to Anna... When her eyes were really red, I thought she might have been having an allergic reaction. But they were just reacting no. to the Vulcan no. leakage. It was so. the AOE effect. Okay. So we get we get the points about the Betazoid stuff, but that's it. Yeah, that's All right, it. on to the sins. Yeah, good stuff. Let's head over to engineering and do some sins. Battle stations, everyone. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows of our sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Um, you first, Ambassador. I don't really have a lot of sins this Only episode. A few. Yeah. And I, I really like uh, listeners at home, let us know how you would feel about it if I don't have a lot of sins. Do you want me to read some of the sins that you miss if you're not at the live show? Because our viewers um, who are able to make it to the live show always have some really interesting sins to cover. And it would mean that I would have to read their names and read their sins during the show. How do you feel about that? I'm kind of curious because I don't have a ton mm. um, to really go over on, on this one. In fact, I think I just wrote down one, which was the betazoids being super super okay with also going into romulan territory and being blown apart like i didn't quite understand why they'd yes they're emotional and yes there's this talin aoe going on but they're like we're gonna go back to betazoid because we have to go back there because you've blown our cover and the fastest way to get there is through this territory and then the captain says you're gonna kill me or you're gonna kill us they're like well you should have thought of that beforehand and that just doesn't like they're also in danger Mm -hmm. and i don't know that the AOE would really also allow themselves to put themselves in danger. But again, they are like not acting in their right mind is the only excuse yeah. I can potentially give it's it. It's a but tricky that seems, one. That was it's, a stretch for me. It's argumentative enough that we probably wouldn't sin it because the AOE thing is definitely affecting people's decision-making ability for sure. Um, my issue with the Romulan thing and the neutral zone is that they're, 
they're really worried about so they're in federation space they're hurtling towards the neutral zone now the neutral zone isn't federation space or romulan space it's neutral and the other side of the neutral zone is romulan space right so why is the romulan ship in there oh like i know it's cloaked but it's still breaching a treaty by being in the neutral zone like they have just as much reason to explain themselves so why did they decloak like if you've managed to avoid the confrontation and they just happen to stumble upon a lurking romulan ship they want to carry on lurking they don't want to decloak because they also shouldn't be in the in the neutral zone. I would have have a silly sin on this episode for reminding me of what a conversation with a six year old is like. <laughs> there is a with moment. All the drunk people. <laughs> there is yeah no actually it's with the security team. There's a moment when Boimler is like, "What are you guys doing anyway? Aren't you doing anything exciting?" And then the red alert goes off, and then he's like, "Wait, guys, wait, wait up! Hey, wait, what's going on? Wait, <laughs> hey, hey!" And that is what it's like to have a, a six-year-old in your life where they are just like, I want to go. I want to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm bored. I want to do this. And then you're like, okay, we're leaving. And they're like, wait, wait, da 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 wait. Uh-huh. Like, Nothing you do is right. They're not ever ready to go. And it's constantly trying to manage the mental space of the six-year-old. And it is a lot. And I was triggered watching the show. And so I would try to do something fun with it, like reminding me what a six-year-old conversation is like. Now, these sins are tricky because you can't write too much because then the audience would glaze over. And also, most of the audience don't have children. So you got to be kind of careful on it. But I was I was triggered. It's very true. It's very frustrating. Everything Boimler is on... basically like a smart six-year-old. Yeah. Everything's on their <laughs> terms and everything is your fault, from what mm-hmm. I've been told. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next sin was how did they hide the weapons? Like, because they've been beamed over. They don't just have the lipstick baton thing. They also have phasers. Uh, how did they manage to sneak the phasers onto the ship? Like, there's some technology stuff there that didn't get explained. Or mm-hmm. no one was shocked enough about it. it like, whoa, these people have fucking phasers. Why? Yeah. Um... Man. I think that's it for me. Like, I really enjoyed this one. I didn't really write much down. Yeah, so go I've, on. I've only got two more. Um, this was more in the Shacks thing. So we have specifically a security blackout to protect these diplomats. They don't want any messages getting out. This is clearly a security thing. And Shax is like off duty, basically, doing like his training stuff. This would yeah. have been a great time to have Shax in the lead with Captain Freeman doing some security stuff and save the security B plot you could have resolved it another way. Like, they aren't really the resolution. They just come in and do some cleanup, which they still could have done without specifically mentioning the training that they did below deck. So for me, it was one where the B plot didn't match up to the A plot as well yeah. as it could have done, I think. But that's that's pretty subjective. But And that's just me saying I want more shacks as well up front. Yeah, I'm really enjoying shacks. Like when shacks was like talking to his woman we should probably do the the whole thing that the counselor talked about now. Whatever she was scratching yes. at the door. There's just something really funny about it's, that. Honey? <laughs> we gave her some warm milk and it seemed to calm her down. I love how patronizing they honey? are to um, I will say, though, that phaser looked really cool. It looked like a type 2 phaser. Type 3 phaser. I can't remember. But it was like it had a black surround around it. It was like the Betazoid government had found some Starfleet phasers and made them, like, super black ops. So, yeah, I, I want I want that prop, please. You can make it out of... A 3D printer. I know, I'm just going to get a 3D printer. No, no. Let, just, 
you know, like uh, toilet paper rolls mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, leftover boxes. Um, Last thing I tried to make without a 3D print was the Derp Prize. So let's not do that. Stop it. Put it down. Put it. Put it. Stab it. Okay. Okay. Fine. I put uh, it down. My last. What did I? Um. Uh, he. So this is one that uh, I would have to word very carefully. I didn't like Captain Freeman's tactic of dealing with the Betazoid women when they were on the bridge. So she gets one of them to read her mind and then uh, shows her a memory of the other one badmouthing her behind her back and throwing shade. And then the three women start arguing amongst each other because women can't get along because they're emotional and they're going to argue about stuff. And it just, it felt like, that was playing on a like outdated stereotype as well. Like I know that they're, and the, the tricky bit is that they're dealing with the AOE thing from Tillin as well and the emotional stuff. So it would be tricky to sin, but I just didn't like that Freeman went there. I was like, I'm going to turn them against each other because they argue and they can't work together. It just felt a bit cheap. I didn't. I didn't. Mm. Like that. Uh, yeah, the women of a certain age. I would just be like, ding on that one. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, it, uh, maybe I understand what you're saying. The that you're playing on some sort of like women get catty cliche. It's exactly they it. so quickly yeah. turn into. You know, it's what 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 would bother me about that, and I think I would definitely dig in a little bit more is the idea that you have this highly trained trio of women that would instantly devolve into like a I can't believe you said that about me. Uh-huh. Sort of a back it and felt forth very thing. Mean Girls rather than yeah. I can't imagine, the way I think about it is, how would this scene play out if it was three men? And I can't imagine them writing that if it was three men, because it it wouldn't be satisfying. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, but I think they would find another way to do it. But would they also play on a cliche like, you don't think my muscles are big? Like, would you think that they would just go for an easy But that's funny because you're punching up. Like, you're punching up to the the meatheads with the big muscles and whatnot. But you're punching down the meatheads. You're not punching down, you're punching up because they 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 tend to be the jocks and the overconfident. Maybe we ones. just shouldn't maybe we just shouldn't punch each other, Agreed. you know? Agreed. We should but kick Tillin off the ship. It's hard it would be hard to send that just because of the AoE thing going on. So mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Okie dokie. Well that's all that I have. Um Mama's eating good tonight. <laughs> Um, I do have one final sin that I'm going to pick out from the chat, which is from Slab. Um, and I did notice this as well, but I forgot to write it down for some reason. When they get to the neutral zone, you can see a strip oh, of light. red flashing boys. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, the Slab's sin is space is three dimensions. What good are red flashing lights at the border? And it's right. And it kind of, it was wide enough to see that it didn't go any higher. But nope. I've got to assume that it goes higher. But also, how high does it go? Like, space is fucking big. Like, the the idea of having any kind of border in space is kind of baffling just by like, how tall it would have to be, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of weird. Yeah. Well, if we're going to pick out sins from the viewers, then we're going to go with Badgy Com Badge's sin that no one said eat a bag of dicks in this episode. <laughs> I mean, every episode needs that. <laughs> Eat a bag of bald dicks. Ah, uh, shit. 
Well, yeah, I've, I've come around on that episode. I liked it a lot more than I thought. Um, we'll see everybody next week. Thank you for dropping in. Thank you to everyone who dropped in on the live show. You can catch us on twitch.tv slash cinemasins. The YouTube CSPN channel. Head over to the live chat, uh, live tab to see us live next Friday at 12.30 CT, where I will no longer be in this beautiful office. I think I'll be in a dicer-shaped office. Um, until next week, I am as Vulcan as a motherfucker. Ah, oh, that's a good one. I have two, and I can't decide which I want to go both. with. I, I, I either want to well. say, Clang goes the Batleth against the armor of your heart. <laughs> Slam but poetry. I think I'm going to sign off with this. I want to be a brutally efficient, distant person and say fuck you to Captain Soko. That's kind of you all over. You've always right? had beef with Captain Soko. Well, Asshole. thanks everyone. Live long and pods back. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Check. I can't stop now. Oh no, I'm in my own loop. Captain's Pod, Stardate. What the fuck ever day it is? I have arrived. He can't hear me. Why can't he hear me? Does he even know I'm here? Oh, hi. Why can't I hear you? Right? Why can't you hear me? Shit. I should be able to hear you. You should be able to hear me. Yeah. Don't know why. Is all the volumes down? Are all the volumes down? Should I yell louder? Are all of your volumes down? Check, check. I can see that my microphone is working properly. I'm seeing all of the things. Oh, I am. My, my headset was turned off. <laughs> Welcome to Ten Forward. Cool. <laughs> Ten Forward. Oh, stop. Pinch it today. Don't fuck about. I can't even say a normal word. You're a normal word. Captain Sokol is a dick, right? Oh, total dick. Total, total dick in that episode. I mean, Wedge Douche is a great episode. We should watch that as well. Wedge Douche. Yeah, Wedge Douche. A wedge, like a wedgie and a douche is what comes to mind. D-U-J. It's a wedgie douche. Yeah. It's a douche that you just wedge up there. And we're just talking about a bidet at that point, right? You don't wedge a bidet up there. <laughs> bidet is the thing you perch over. If you're putting a bidet in you, there's something very wrong. <laughs> you know when I first wanted telekines- telekinetic powers? It was after watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch when I was very young. Mm-hmm. And it's on her 16th birthday that she gets her powers. And all the way up until the age of 16, I, not all the way, I stopped at some point. But for a long time, I was like, I'm not 16 yet, so I could technically have witchy powers. Oh, no. And then you get to 16 and it's just such a disappointment. Well, it was kind of worse because it wasn't until I was 18 or 19 that I realized, oh, I used to think that and it never happened. That's sad. I, I'd get like 13 <laughs> or 14 and stopped watching the show. Can I tell you something really disappointing? Well, like, okay, what kind of disappointment? There's like different kinds of disappointment. There's like relationship mm-hmm. disappointment. There's job disappointment. There's uh, entertainment show disappointment. There's animal disappointment. Mm-hmm. Food disappointment. Like what category are we talking about? Like life disappointment. Uh, this is life disappointment and animal disappointment because we are animals. <laughs> it was a present that I gifted that did not turn out how I wanted it to turn out. 
I always struggle to buy my mum and dad something because they don't need more things. They don't need more objects. So I like to buy them experiences. So I we've done like loads of various things. And this one, it was a destroy a room experience. So the way it was like read out was you're in a room, you have weapons, you just beat the shit out of things. And it's like TVs and refrigerators and printers and like you can throw things and they like set up a room and they destroy it all like it was hyped up and i was like that's really cool that's a they can vent i think it would be healthy for them to vent well my dad gets a hernia between me gifting them the thing and the day that they're booking to do it so it not a good activity to be doing when one has a when one is with hernia so (laughs) i took my dad's place and did it with my mum i have never been more disappointed with an experience that i've paid money for than this well so then on the positive side you've hit the bottom i've hit the bottom like any other experience i do will be better than this to begin with you put on all of this safety gear and it's like a big boiler suit and a mask and gloves and shoes plus a waiver and you sign this 15 page waiver and he said (laughs) you don't have to read it all but it's all there i read it (laughs) and he looked at me because we got there early so I read it and he looked at me. I was like, I'm reading it just in case there is something sketchy in there. But it was every single point was if you break a nail, we're not liable. Like anything. Like death. If a family member dies of cancer and it was because of us a, a tertiary product that we put out, you cannot sue us for it. Like that's how deep this went. Can you imagine how much insurance they have to pay? Insane amounts. Like well, actually, I bet they don't have to pay that much at all. Because there's a few other ways that they minimise the risk of you being able to hurt yourself. We go in. The room is the size of your average utility room. So room for like a washing machine, dryer. Like you can stand in the middle and swing a cat or a baseball bat, but not much more. Do I know all What? Have you not heard that saying? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that an English saying? There's barely enough room to swing a cat in there. Why, why would anyone think of swinging a right, cat? Because first? it's hilarious. So yeah, you hold. No, you, it's not. You, that's cat abuse. You hold the cat by the tail and you swing it around, and that's a measure of distance. What kind of a monster <laughs> people are you living with that's that a, this is a saying, a common saying? We lost the live chat. That is a measure of distance in yeah, enough room to swing a cat. So you measure stuff in stones and whether a cat can be swung. Hundred percent. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> It's a half an hour session. The half an hour is for me and mum. And one of you stands behind this like dividing wall thing and looks in while the other is smashing the shit out of everything. And now I, when I say everything, it is one printer and one, I think, 18 inch flat screen monitor on a bench. That's everything. Two items on a knee high bench. That you can't even get a good swing on. Barely, barely get a good swing on. So, and they give you a pipe, which was like bent to shit, and then a, <laughs> a metal pipe and a plastic pipe. And I was like, what's the plastic pipe for? And then he points over to like a stack of tires. And I was like, oh, you can just beat up on the tires. Also, you have a crate of glass bottles, and there was 20 glass bottles in there. And he said, now they're, they're for both of you, so share them out evenly. And I'm like, oh, wow, 20. And you just, you can throw them against the wall. I I would have bought my own shit. (laughs) If I'd have known, I would have bought my own things. I was expecting like plates that you could smash, 
like furniture or something? No, one printer, one flat screen monitor. Maybe I can envision you having the rage inside of you that this would mm -hmm. be a really good outlet. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong in assuming your mum doesn't have it? Oh no, she has rage. Yeah, she beat the <laughs> shit out of that printer. Yeah, like I started, I went first and I like kind of tapped it a bit and then I just went to town on it and that kind of gave her permission to go to town. Her favorite thing was the glass bottles. She destroyed those bottles like with just a fury. Um, so yeah, she, she did great. She was fine. Oh, and also there was like thrash metal music playing at 12, like the entire time. You cannot hear yourself. And it's supposed to like get you going and hype you up. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I've never heard this song. I don't, it's loud. <laughs> you should be able to pick your own music. You really should. And you, you really should shouldn't judge when someone is like smashing things to Beethoven. Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> How did we both just say Beethoven at the same fucking time, Ian? This happens uh, all the time that we say so the same much. thing all the time. It does. This is why we can't write on the same script. <laughs> so super disappointing. And as you'd expect, I told them we had a great time and we'll leave them a five-star review. This is the problem that I have with you. Just blast them. There was this one time I blasted somebody. I didn't really blast them. I, I left a four-star review and some five-star review after having a poor experience eating mm. somewhere. Well, well, I tried to eat there, but there was no one there to even take my order. You were there with me, right? This was a place that we went. Yeah, they left us standing. Well, they left us standing for five minutes. And then we went and found our own table, which was still visible to like the front counter. Like this is a, a takeaway place that has seating. And then we sat there for 20 minutes and it, it is table service and no one saw us. And they got pissed no that us. we left and a bad one review. And guy, then one guy came out and dealt with the line of people that was waiting for attention. So we were trying to be patient. Like, well, they're yeah. obviously trying to pay their checks. So we'll just wait. They, The line clears out. We wait another five minutes. No one comes. We get back up. We stand at the front. And so that maybe we're being able to be seen. And no one from the back even peeks around the corner mm -hmm. or anything. Even though we're not the only ones in the restaurant. There's other people. There was literally nobody there. Nobody. And it was a... Uh, a restaurant that had all five-star reviews, all really good reviews. And so I, I thought, well, I mean, someone needs to know that there mm -hmm. is at we least one issue. And it's one of the biggest issues you can have besides terrible food or like food that will hurt you or harm you mm -hmm. is that no Not one is getting there fed. <laughs> at all. Yeah. Do they have employees that were just well, What was insane is that gone? We, we walked past a person that looks like they were in charge as we were leaving. And... He responded to our review saying, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, our reviews are really important to us. Would you come back and, like, up your review? The reason I wasn't there is because I was delivering food for a business down the road that needed help because they were short-staffed. And I'm like, whoa! So you're putting their customers ahead of your customers? Like, okay, dude. Like, good Samaritan. But you still left your shop. Eight has a question, actually. Ian, oh. how much quicker is it to boil water for you with your more powerful power? Um, I think it's about 60 seconds to, or, or 45 seconds to boil a cup of, a cup, to boil a uh, like kettle of water. And in America, it's like, I think 65 minutes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's accurate. J.A. says, why not bring a UK kettle to the States and use an adapter to plug it in? That makes sense. However, there is there is a limit of how much I can bring with me. <laughs> Kettles are not designed for traveling. They're really not. But you always travel with like a duffel bag. 
and it's just to the brim. Yeah. Like every single mm-hmm. seam is just at its max. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine you attempting to also just stuff in a kettle. How much money would it take for you to ship it? I would estimate $50. Do you think so? Yeah. Okay. To ship a kettle over here. That would be my prediction. I'm not spending $50 plus the price of a kettle on a kettle. Oh, you have not seen Office Space. What have you been doing with your life? In all caps. Um, I'll watch it. I'm not going to watch it tonight. I'm way too busy. I'll watch it <laughs> next week. That's a strong promise. I did not use the P word. That's true. Here's a message way earlier in our show when we were talking about milk from zinc. Most mammals do grow out of milk and become lactose intolerant. People are kind of the odd ones out and continuing to consume milk into adulthood. I think we've just forced ourselves to get used to it like, for some reason. I drink so much milk. It's the thing you're supposed to do. How else are you supposed to eat cereal if you don't have milk? Water. Oh, I just nearly vomited. <laughs> are you, are you, you are wrong. That is fucking disgusting. I just wanted to see how you would react. That was worth it. I wow. the whole show. That was that was that's it for me. Jesus Christmas. I just realized this, I was saying booty and I wanted to continue to say booty. 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 booty.